With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. UK time. We're happy to be joined by Chris. How are you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, TC. Very well indeed. Another lovely day. Um, how are you? Yeah, not not the best, um, as as people in the chat box have clearly already worked out. But uh, <laughs> telling me to gargle some salt water, perhaps that's what's going on. But yeah, I've got a bit of a, a bit of a sore throat this morning. But uh, no, we're uh, we're soldiering on. We're battling through uh, as we always do as Arsenal fans. It's kind of part and parcel of being an Arsenal fan these days. Is that each day is a bit of a battle, but. Uh, now, there was some interesting news that dropped yesterday. Of course, we reacted a lot to the, the Basuma situation. And, you know, I, I don't really think there's there's much needed to, to touch on that. I think we covered that in, in quite extensive detail yesterday. But what was a more interesting story relating more specifically to Arsenal, Chris, was this Rafinha uh, story. Um, it's quite an interesting one because uh, the Athletic obviously reported that Arsenal are supposedly ahead of potential other candidates right now and are really kind of pushing in the sense they'd be interested to sign Rafinha. Now, it is pretty well understood that any fee for him would be upwards of 50-odd million quid. And if I'd have said to you at the start of the window, you know, central midfield, striker, there are two main positions. But the position we're going to spend the most on this summer is going to be a wide forward. I'm getting flashbacks to spending £50 million on a centre-back that I never thought would happen in 2021. Do you think that's fair? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, when you put it like that, it's sort of strange to, to think about it in that sense, isn't it? Considering that... You know, currently, as things stand and considering the other options we have, you know, um, winger or a new winger, should I say, is is um, probably uh, sort of um, lower on the list when you compare, you know, the, the situations we have going forward in the central forward areas and obviously in cent- central midfield as well. Obviously, it's been clear, hasn't it, by the links, to, the consistent links to Gabriel Jesus and Yuri Tielemans that they are sort of our two top priorities. And I, that is understandable because we are in more need in those those two areas. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think considering, you know, we've got Bakao Sakurodi out on the right, you know, Gabriel Martinelli out on the left, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe often plays there as well. We've got three solid options in those two um, wide areas as it stands. Nicolas Pepe is still on the books, but of course, likely he's probably going to be moved on if we can find the right club for him. Um, so, I mean, it's it's not a surprise to see links to wingers. I can understand. I can see why Mikel Arteta wants to strengthen in that department. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're, obviously we've been talking a lot about someone like Cody Gakpo, for instance, who could come in, maybe be a bit ro- of a rotational option to begin with, compete with Gabriel Martinelli. Obviously, he's still very young himself. He's still got a lot, uh, a lot of development to go through. He can still improve. A lot of potential there. But then, obviously, these links to Rafinha came about. Richarlison is another option as well, according to various reports. And these are more established names. These are players that would be looking to start each week. Um, so it is interesting uh, for me, you know, Bakayo Saka is our regular starter and he should always be that when we, we need to play him. 
the main concern with that is he's, he's playing far too many games as it is already. Um, you you get worried about you know that increased injury risk with him. Is he going to burn out because he is playing far too many minutes? So you know if we are looking to bring someone in, ideally it's someone who operates on that right hand side. Mm. Um, Rafinha we know can do that primarily as a right winger. He played what thirty one games for Leeds there last season. Um, he he is very sort of right right wing um, orientated in the sense that he always likes to cut in on his left foot because obviously that's preferred preferred uh, foot um played on the left a few times but you know if we're talking about consistency in his preferred position it is on the right so um it, it will be interesting to see if any move um sort of you know gathers pace because he he will be going up against Bakayo Saka at the end of the day more often than not so I mean, I can see him again operating on the left, but like I say, he, he does like to cut in, use his left foot. That is where he's played the most games. So, you know, I've I done a, a piece about our interest in him and, and Richarlison that came out this morning. Um, and I think, look, although I prefer Rafinha in terms of what he brings to the team, his overall quality, I think, you know, if we're talking about the fit and sort of um, versatility, you must admit that maybe Richarlison just edges it because he can play anywhere across the front line. He, he can play as a centre forward as well. Um, but again, I guess, you know, if we get Gabriel Jesus in, it, it sort of um, adds even more uh, depth to that right-hand side, doesn't it? And uh, maybe bringing in someone like Rafinha, it's less dependent on having more depth for, for Saka if Jesus comes in as well. So it's an interesting oh. link, an exciting one. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it gives us more pace later down the line. Yeah, it, it really will. I, I like him a lot. I think that, you know, he's a player that has been able to, unlike Pepe, actually move from the French League into the Premier League and really, you know, acclimatise to it. I think that his physicality is good. I think that his determination is good. Yes, it can bubble over a couple of times. You know, you see him get into a couple of scuffs here and there. Certainly has against Arsenal. I think Ben White and, and Rafinha came to blows. Or blows, but, you know, came face-to-face in the game that we played them. So, you know, he's got that bite about him. I, you know, I often point towards player attitude. I think that when it comes to player attitude, it's a lot more off-field stuff more than it is, you know, the on-field, sometimes, you know, energy and uh, and the kind of passion boils over during games. That's not too much of an issue for me. Um, so I wouldn't mind someone like Rafinha coming in. It's just interesting what it would do to Bukayo Saka, who, to be fair to him, I think can play very well on the left-hand side as well. So I don't think it's, it's a, a deal-breaker by any means having him coming. And if you want versatility on the right-hand side, you've also got Martinelli, you know, who's played on the right-hand side and done well. You know, he played some really solid games on the right-hand side. Manchester United away comes to mind, even though we lost that game. I think Martinelli was an absolute standout in that fixture. Obviously, got the assist from Martin Odegaard. Um, there was also the game against Newcastle that he scored that that goal with the ball over the top from Tommy Asu. That came from the right-hand side. So, yeah, I think there's, there's options for us, that's for sure. The other bit of news, uh, obviously, is that the international break is over, which for Gareth Southgate will come as a certain relief, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> honestly, unbelievable. But in terms of uh, Arsenal's transfer targets, Gabriel Jesus and Yuri Tielemans, of course, they will now be in a position where they can focus on next season and where their future is going to lie. Do you expect to see uh, a significant acceleration in in those talks, in those negotiations with those specific targets? Yeah, I think so, TC. And I, I mean, I think a lot of it is hope as well. You know, we've been linked to these two names for a long, long time now. You know, it's been widely reported also at football.london that talks between both of the players' representatives have been going on for some time. So, you know, there's an established communication, established relationship between the parties involved. 
And um, yeah, as you say, now the international break is finished, you just hope that um, things will accelerate. I think with Yuri Tielemans, um, it's a bit more relaxed because there appears to be sort of um, a lack of competition for his signature, maybe as it stands. Um, so maybe Arsenal are a bit more chilled out about that. Obviously, he's finished with the international break. Belgium last game in the Nations League yesterday. Um, and yeah, hopefully, I mean, it's just a sort of a, a case of agreeing on a fee with Leicester now, now and, and obviously agreeing personal terms with Tielemans himself. It, it appears that it is a relatively straightforward deal to wrap up. Obviously, he's got a, what just a, um, a year left on his current deal. Um, Leicester could accept something around 25, 30 million pounds. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, obviously it's good to have that established communication, established relationship with with the players' representatives because hopefully Arsenal have learned sort of, you know, the fee that they need to put on the table and, and it will enable things to get wrapped up pretty quickly. Um, with Jesus, on the other hand, I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned with this one because we know other clubs are interested. Uh, Chelsea, even Tottenham have... Have, have joined the race apparently so yeah so um i mean when you look at the bigger picture arsenal should really be favorites still because you've got that that relationship between arteta and jesus he has the opportunity to be the main man up front he'll play regularly so um you know hopefully we're, we're still leading it and um yeah we can just pip others to the to the to the um to the player mm. um but you just get the sense you know that we need to speed things up a little bit because we can't you know we can't get complacent we can't take things granted. things change very quickly in the market um players have changes uh, a change of heart teams can all of a sudden appear out of nowhere and, and put a better offer on the table so yeah i think chelsea are the main concern with that one aren't they because lukaku looks like he could be going back to winter and then all of a sudden mm. chelsea will be in the need for a center forward and they have your way for champions league football so yeah, hopefully, TC, hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. We speak, we see some things develop in a positive manner over the coming days. Keith Kim says, uh, any info on Arteta and the owner's rift? This was a story, of course, uh, that came out last week. We discussed, well, I discussed with Kaya yesterday. I asked him about this, you know, how in sync are Arteta and, and the club. And his answer to the question was, as I would expect it to be, that they are absolutely in, in sync. They're, we've had no indication that there is frustration, no indication that Mikel Arteta is frustrated with the lack of movement so far in the window. Um, I I don't think that that is the case. I think that Arsenal are moving towards the targets they want to move towards. It might be taking a little bit longer, especially more so than the fans uh, want it to. But with the international break now over, uh, or at least, uh, at least today it will be uh, for our targets, it certainly is. I hope to see Arsenal moving forwards with this. Um, there's a question here or a, a comment that I wanted to address from uh, Ola Jumoke who says uh, clubs that have good seasons have already made good signings. Here we are still looking for cheap players. I think this is a bit of a misconception, um, Chris, you know, and I don't know, I'm not necessarily sure where it comes from. Maybe just like this past reputation that Arsenal have had for penny pinching and stuff like this. But, you know, Arsenal spent more than anyone else today, like, you know, in 2021. And this summer we're looking at Jesus, who's looking upwards of 40 to 50 million pounds. Rafinha's a player that's going to cost us upwards of 50 million pounds if we want him. And, you know, it's coming from reliable sources that that is the case. And then you've got a player like Tielemans, who's worth a lot more than the 25 million pounds we can get him for. But we're moving for him because he's available for that fee. So I'm struggling to see why or where we're going for the cheap players. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I mean, look, again, this is just my own personal opinion. We can all agree to disagree, but I think comments like that are a bit unfair. 
you mentioned it there, 150 at least million pounds spent yeah. last summer to bring in six new players, which I think overall have done very well and they contributed to a better season, just gone. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect by all means, but it was better. Um, we're back in Europe. And now, I think because of the business conducted, um, because we, I, 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 again, you, I mean, we can't sit here and maybe say that, that every single bit of business that we've done in, in previous transfer windows has been perfect either. But I think over the last couple of windows, we've been a bit more careful. Um, a lot more thought has gone into it and it's enabled us to maybe free up the wage books a little bit. And um, go for these top players this summer, TC. You know, Gabriel Jesus, uh, I think, is a very, very good player who will improve us without a doubt. Um, again, you mentioned it there, despite him only having a year left on his de uh, current deal at City, he's not going to go cheaply. Mm. Um, Tielemans, again, I mean, 25, 30 million pounds. Yeah, OK, I, I must admit, if that is around that in the end, and I think that's you know an absolute steal in this market, I don't think it re reflects his actual value in the market, but obviously it's going to be lower because, again, he only has a year left on his deal. But we're getting, uh, as well, a very, very top player in, in Tielemans if we get that one over the line. Uh, I mean, look, Arteta and Eddie have mentioned on previous occasions as we headed into this summer, it will be about raising the bar, elevating the level in terms of the overall quality in the squad. Eddie hinted it when he was speaking to ESPN Brazil, I think, you know, we're going to look to maybe get in two or three top quality players. It will be about quality rather than quantity. Um, obviously, we'll have to see how that develops as the window goes on. I'm sure it will be sort of dependent on outgoings as well. But, um, you mean, yeah, I think it, we've got to consider two of the players we are looking at are, are, have, you know, have their contracts running down at their respective clubs and that will affect the fees. That doesn't mean we're penny pinch. It doesn't mean we're looking at sort of cheaper deals. I mean, if we get Tielemans, uh, and Gabriel Jesus in is our first yeah. two signings. You know, I've got no concerns about that or no complaints. I think that would be a very, very good start to the window. Um, and I, I mean, look, I always it always brings me back to this point. I get the frustration and the lack of patience right now. You see Manchester City bringing in Haaland, Liverpool confirmed Darwin Nunes yesterday. Tottenham yeah. are, are strengthening already, but you've also got to remember that two of their signings have been free agents, so it's been relatively easy to get those deals wrapped up. But, um, you know, I, I'm all for wanting us to get deals done quickly, you know, not only to pip other teams to, to the players, of course, but mm. also the players are returning for pre-season, the start of pre-season on the 27th. So we want to get them in to, to sort of um, settle in and, and to get them uh, in good shape. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand the lack of patience and the frustration, but also if we do end up getting the likes of Tielemans, Jesus and, and Rafinha in, for example, then also it changes the outlook and the mood very quickly. So um, we've got to remember that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to at least try and be ambitious as much as we can be this summer, considering, you know, we obviously lost our Champions League football. But, you know, with all the reports and all the links coming out, I'd say it's encouraging so far. We're just waiting to obviously see things accelerate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, we're hopeful that that's going to happen. It's, there's a frustration, I think, for me. Oh, we've just lost Chris. Chris will be back very soon, I'm sure. <laughs> it took me by surprise there. Uh, well, I think what we'll see is uh, obviously Arsenal being in a situation where you, you look at what 
changes between say now and a little bit later. You're right, Chris. You just, you just yeah, sorry. Yeah. Seem to have a little bit of an internet blip there. Sorry about that. <laughs> right. Just saying, I think what we'll see between say now and say the 28th of June is that there's nothing. There's no difference between Arsenal you know, signing players between those two dates. It doesn't change anything. The players return to pre-season on the 27th. We haven't got any fixtures. Players are on holiday. Effectively, all you're doing is actually paying extra wages during that time, which obviously is it doesn't really matter all that much. Although that being said, you know, for a whole team paying extra wages, it could amount to over a million quid in, in reality. But actually, when you consider the fact that Arsenal will have so many, well, I say so many, but at least three weeks until we can start talking about getting worried and concerned about not getting the players in. I, I'm holding my frustrations until that point. And trust me, I will be frustrated. I will be critical. I will be on the border of, of even anger, you know, if Arsenal don't get in the players that they should do at a certain point during the window. But right now, I'm not there. And I don't think it's fair to, to say that or to criticise Arsenal right now for not getting the business done yet on the 15th of June, because there's still several weeks for it to still be classified as early business during the window, especially considering the international break just finished. So I think that for me, I'm calm about this, but there will become a point where I won't be. And I think that's what's what's important about this. Uh, question from Marcus. Torreira, who wants to discuss today, uh, with his reputation in Italy, if the clubs are not willing to pay the money, can we do a player plus cash for someone out there. Just initially, obviously, on Torreira, Fiorentina won't be getting him this summer. Uh, he put a farewell message out, pointed the finger towards someone, was the quote he put. You know, someone didn't want it to happen. Do you think that's Arsenal or do you think that's Fiorentina? Because I'll just to give you my instinct. My instinct tells me that it's Fiorentina and not Arsenal because I think Arsenal were willing to let him go, hence why they put the €15 million Euro option in his contract. Fiorentina just weren't willing. And also, I think his agent came out previously and said that they wanted to change the terms. So I think it's Fiorentina that he's pointing the finger at rather than, than Arsenal. Yeah, I, I would agree when you look at, at, at it that way. Um, uh, you, you mentioned the £50 million option that was in there. Um, and I think Arsenal would have made it very clear that by you know handing Fiorentina that option, they would have been open to do business at the end of the season. Um, but then there were reports coming out suggesting Fiorentina were trying to lower that price. And look, we often sit here and a big talking point about Arsenal's lack of outgoings or maybe the, the decisions made with the outgoings is that Arsenal are sometimes sort of bullied into accepting um, lower offers and, you know, they don't get enough money in for some of the players. And if this is the case, Fiorentina have tried to lower the, the, the price and obviously they have would have known that this £15 million option was on the table all season, um, then I think Arsenal have done the right thing um, by, you know, sticking to their guns and saying, that, no, mm. this was this was the offer, this was what was on the table, you knew about this um, and, you, you know, you, you've tried to sort of um, change things last minute. So, um, I'd be surprised if Torreira was on about Arsenal in that statement he released. Um, I think he'll still move on this summer. Now his agent has got the well, what he's paid to do, and that's to find him a, a new club and to find him a club that you know is actually going to be willing to pay those those fees maybe mentioned. Um, I, I don't think another loan is the right way to to go about it. I think he's only got a year left on his deal now, hasn't he, Tom? Something like that. So yeah. ideally you're looking for a permanent sale. Um, and yeah, I just hope this can be sorted fairly quickly. I mean, I like Torreira. Um, 
unfortunate with how his time at Arsenal worked out, but I think he's still a top player and he can be a very important one. Um, you know, it's a shame to see it end um, the way it did also with Fiorentina because he's had a really strong campaign with them. He made it very clear that he was sort of doing everything he could to to stay. And unfortunately, yeah, it just seems from the outside anyway, just going by what we've, we've just been speaking about, it seems that Fiorentina have maybe um, started to, to sort of act a bit awkward. So, um, mm. yeah, a shame, but hopefully another club um, is out there. You know, I'm sure there's a, a few maybe suitors for him after yeah. this season that have caught the eye um, after his performances. And hopefully, yeah, he can, he can wrap something else up. Yeah, uh, Lazio are said to, to have an interest in in him. Uh, I think Roma were uh, linked. Valencia were also mentioned, but I think there is a, a desire of him to return to Italy. Um, but it will be intriguing because there's a chance you know, he, that a deal doesn't get sorted for some time. So he will return to Arsenal because he's contracted to the club. He will join the, the pre-season training from the 27th of, Ju- of June if that isn't, if a deal is not sorted out in the next two weeks. And, you know, what? interestingly, what we have seen is there's been players under Mikel Arteta, Mohamed Elneny being one of them, that, you know, has returned during pre-season that was expected to move on because I think he went on loan to Besiktas, I think it was, um, and, and has stayed. So there is that small chance. I'm not saying that it's the right decision, but, you know, there's that small chance that he could if there isn't the, the deal available for him and that he may t- change his mind. I don't think he personally will. You know, he seems very headstrong in, in kind of where he sees his future, and I don't think it's in England. But let's let's see what happens this summer. Arsenal, I think, have done the right thing in not bowing to the pressure of what Fiorentina were trying to manipulate for a lower figure. And I think Edu, I'm not going to say deserves credit because it's just what he should be doing, but certainly will deserve credit if we manage to get a very decent figure for him this summer. We are going to wrap things up there. As Afsar points out in the chat, there's been over 260 of you watching. There's actually over 340 of you joining us across both YouTube, Twitter and Facebook. Thank you so much for everyone that is tuning in and watching our shows at 10am every single morning, every weekday. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, of course, for the next one. And there's more content to come for you on the channel following the Arsenal transfer window and trying to keep you in the loop with what everything is going on. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, mate. Pleasure as always. Hope you're feeling better soon. Um, And thank you, of course, to everyone tuning in. Everyone, I hope you have a great day. Indeed. We're going to get working now on some good written pieces over at London. so make sure that you are tracking all of our written work over there throughout the day. I'm going to take the advice of some people in the chat and gargle some salt water, I think, to try and sort out this nightmare of a sore throat. Um, But thank you for the kind messages. Thank you for dropping a like on the video and subscribing to the channel also. We will see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.